Have you ever felt so exhausted and drained that you're left questioning if you're burning out? Hi, I'm Flick Taylor, and my passion for burnout and self-care came about when I became a mental health writer who'd lost her mental health to extreme burnout. I know, the irony is not lost on me. Join me as I host Everyday Burnout Conversations, the honest podcast that shares the stories of others, more walks of life as they recover from, manage and avoid burnout by prioritising their mental health and well-being. Expect to hear fascinating conversations, plus positive and actionable tips and tricks that can help you make the simple life changes your mental health will thank you for. Episodes will be delightfully wrapped up in some epic truths and great humour. So, enjoy! Today I share an everyday burnout conversation with best-selling author, speaker, psychotherapist and mum of three, Anna Martha. Now you may be familiar with Anna and her work because she has such a brilliant way with words that help us not only soothe our worries but can help us make sense of some of life's psychological experience and deep concepts. Now whether it's writing relatable mental health posts for her large Instagram following or offering her thought-provoking 10-minute sessions on her podcast, The Therapy Edit. Anna is passionate about taking therapy out of the therapy room and sharing her knowledge with as many people as possible. Anna felt compelled to do more for mums, following her own struggles with common issues in motherhood and through her work as a psychotherapist, where she witnessed the true impact that neglecting emotional well-being has on women. She has recently launched her online platform, The Mother Mind Way, aiming to revolutionise the motherhood experience by prioritising mum's emotional well-being. And with The Mother Mind Way's compassionate set of bite-sized video guides, Anna has set out to empower mums and ease their overwhelm to create more headspace for the happiness, confidence and joy they deserve. And oh my goodness, I wish I'd had this when my boys were little. Oh, and let's not forget... Anna's best-selling book, Mind Over Mother, Every Mum's Guide to Worry and Anxiety in the First Years, along with her latest book, Know Your Worth, have both helped thousands of women. In this episode, Anna talks about how we don't respect ourselves enough to embrace self-care and rest, why sometimes we need to just parent ourselves. And she also shares her recent experience with burnout and how she managed it. Anna talks about how she embraces daily moments of gratitude that really helped shift her perspective. And oh my goodness, my absolute favourite point of this conversation is Anna shares how our mental health has value and the cost of any debt will need to be repaid at some point. Oh, it's so good. So without further ado, Get set to enjoy the supportive and calming voice of Anna. Share some of her mighty burnout wisdom with us. Enjoy. So this is such a treat to chat to you today, Anna. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm just excited that your podcast exists, to be honest, because I think it's such a cycle that so many people are on this kind of burnout, overwhelm, live 100 miles an hour, crash into a heap, pick themselves up do it all over again. And I think now life is starting back up again in some kind of vaguely normal-ish way. There's such a risk that we're just climbing back on the old roller coaster. Yeah, I've been on it. I don't want to be on it anymore. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but it's so easy. You do that initial rest period and then you kind of go, oh, okay, I feel a bit better now. And then you're, you automatically want to go back 
to that way of living. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we just have to look at our life and how we manage and our patterns and behavior and also habits it kind of we need to have a good old shake up and really start to thrive as opposed to just survive like oh my gosh I've had some dodgy days of surviving yeah and I think you're so right in just using the word habit there because for many of us for for reasons that we may or may not know that burnout roller coaster it's a habit and what I love about habits is that there's so much hope just as habits are formed yeah habits can be broken and there is hope beyond the roller coaster and the crashes yeah there really is isn't there but at the time you don't think that no can't see the wood for the trees exactly exactly and I don't know about you Anna you must see this a lot in your work I think there's a lot of mums, parents out there who are either burning out or burnt out and they don't even know it. Mm. Yeah, I think we can slip into it. You know, burnout doesn't really happen overnight, does it? it it's it's a mixture of things that all kind of just lead us to this place of finding ourselves completely depleted of anything and everything. And it might just be that you look back and you think, you know what, I actually... I don't remember the last time I really laughed or I don't remember the last time that I actually could relax when I was relaxing or when I was just enjoying myself doing something. And you, yeah, I think you just start to realise that slowly, slowly the sunshine just kind of slipped out. So it's not, it's not always a big crash in a heap. It's yeah. a sliding into because of habits and things have just been deprioritized. And then you get so far down the road that actually you've kind of lost perspective. And it's so, you know, the the, the frog in the pan of boiling water, yeah. that when that pan is kind of slowly, when the heat, it's a horrible metaphor, isn't it? But it's such a good one. When that pan is like slowly, the heat is slowly turned up, the frog will boil alive. Because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't think to jump out because it's so, yeah. it's just so slow. And I think that's often what burnout is. We we suddenly realise, goodness, this is where, how did I get here? Yes. Yeah. It's the biggest shock when you actually yeah. get to the point where you, and you look in the mirror and you don't even recognise yourself. It's the biggest shock that you're kind of like, what happened? <laughs> how did mm. that happen? And, you know, I love you have a brilliant um, video on your Instagram feed um, in regards to self-care because, I mean, obviously, you know, we're all being, there's a bit of a buzz, isn't there, about self-care at the moment, which, you know, it really upsets me because it's such a good word, but it's starting to go a little bit naff now. Yeah, a bit cheese cheese fest and people switch off. (laughs) They do. You're like, no, this is... (laughs) This is absolutely vital. <coughs> yeah. It's and a I building think, block, isn't it? It is. It's a foundation. And I think the part of the issue is that people are so uncomfortable with it because it's a challenge of identity for so many of us that get our worth from doing and doing it faster. And, you know, it doesn't often hit the spot. So we think, well, actually, the answer is then that I do more and I do more faster and I do more things efficient, more efficiently and I reach and I maybe I'll, maybe one day I'll be able to rest. Maybe one day I'll be able to sit down and think, right, I've done enough now. But that time never comes. So it's it's understandable why, why so many people feel a bit squirmy when we talk about self-care because often it just involves listening to yourself 
you know for those of us who thrive on meeting the needs of others that is a massive challenge of identity to to ask people to do that and then you know people will say oh I just feel really guilty when I sit down on the sofa but I think often you know when you pull it back a little bit and we look you know beyond self-care and we look to self-respect so many of us aren't even respecting our own needs our own basic needs so I, I put something on Instagram the other day just trying to work out why do we find it so hard to look after ourselves and I was getting people to think about what one tiny thing could you do this week every day that is just acknowledging a basic need and and so many people said they said I'm going to eat lunch I'm going to go to the toilet when I need to go to the toilet and the other one was I'm going to drink water I'm going to hydrate and you're thinking oh my gosh no wonder we find it difficult to accept support when we're feeling low, to reach out, to let people help us kind of practically or emotionally, when we're giving ourselves the message that we aren't even worthy of a meal or a glass of water, like we're some kind of prisoner. And if we think the amount of love and resources we pour into those people around us that we care about, what would it be like if my children said to me, I'm thirsty, and I denied them water, or if they said they wanted the toilet, and I denied them that, or if they were hungry, and I, what would that look like? That would be, that would be classic, that would be classified as abusive neglect. It would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. However, what about when it comes to us, and there's a little us inside of all of us, that vulnerable us that just wants to be loved and just wants to be looked after, you know, we're abusing a part of ourselves and we're denying ourselves hydration. We're denying ourselves rest. We're looking at the clock and it's 11 o'clock and we know we're going to be woken up in the night. And we're thinking, no, I, I don't want to go to bed now. I want this time on my own. So we're kind of doing ourselves out of the basic building blocks of human need. Like Even prisoners get these things. Even prisoners get access to water. They get access, they, they get to exercise you know, they get food and they get sleep. Yeah. So so what are we what are we telling ourselves? So no wonder self-care and all the, the connotations that come with that feel cheesy because we're resistant, because it's so often there's like a massive void between often how we're treating ourselves and what those caring things look like and what they mean. And it's about nurturing and meeting needs and being kind and patient and if we're abusing ourselves in in neglect then ha- of course it's not comfortable yeah and, and the fact that you said like you know we have to address like the acts of self-respect and when you mm. strip it back you kind of go oh oh yeah because mm. it's that simple but we've got so used to certainly I've done that as a mum just putting everyone's needs above my own. It's not even that like, you know, oh, don't pour from an empty cup. I didn't even have a cup. I'd given the cup away (laughs) years ago. The cup's long gone. That's it. It's just um, really looking at yourself and and what you need. And I love your videos where you kind of, um, you know, share how will you'd be a better mum if you look after yourself first and then you can you know go about your day because you know that whole kind of when you're exhausted and depleted and that's when 
their guilt and that awful inner critic, yeah. they creep in, don't they? And they yeah. take over. They literally oh, yeah. run the show. And I, mm. I love how you address that. I think that's it, isn't it? It's about starting to see self-care and self-respect and rest in a completely different way because I think I used to kind of put all of those things aside in the name of love like it is loving if I completely if I sacrifice myself essentially if I overlook my needs overlook my own feelings my opinions and wants and just purely focus on those of those around me like that is love giving myself away to my children and my family when actually what happened when I did that was was quite the opposite. They they couldn't enjoy me. I wasn't very loving. I was often just really resentful. Um, I was irritable because I was just unbelievably exhausted. I felt like a failure because I was trying to live to this kind of super mum standard that will it, it, <laughs> It's an it's it's a myth for a reason. It will kill. You know, I I honestly think that if I could, if I had carried on trying to attain to that standard, it w- it would have been the end of me. Um, it's just not sustainable. And the gap between where you think you should be and the reality of what you actually have the resources and ability to do, the bigger that gap, the more it is filled with those feelings of failure and shame and self criticism and yeah just all yeah all of that stuff that we just carry around the guilt and it's no way to live it's heavy as well to carry like oh my gosh it's so difficult to go about your day trying to battle with all of those like the guilt and that that terrible inner narrative as well on top of dealing with everything else in your day like no wonder we get just crushed (laughs) to a pulp you know I love your, um, you shared at the Cheltenham Literature Festival and on your, um, in your Instagram as well, like the jar of pebbles. I love Mm. that story, Anna. Could Mm. you share a bit about that? Because I think that really helps kind of, you know, those spaces and time. Yeah, just that what the jar of pebbles where everything, everything is just filled with stuff. How we... So I remember doing doing a talk once and on the way there, I was just thinking about this jar of pebbles and we have, you know, what are the main things in our lives that kind of fit in there? The work, the home admin, the relationships that are important to us, parenting, all of those kind of big chunky things. And in a jar of pebbles, you would you would have air and space around, around that, wouldn't you? Yeah. But actually, if you imagine pouring a bag of sand into that jar of pebbles, it pebbles, pebbles it will literally fill every single crevice and I think we've just lost space in our lives we fill space we have feelings around the main responsibilities that we have and instead of allowing ourselves I think we've become quite fearful of feeling Mm. fearful of feeling bored fearful of feeling sad fearful of feeling angry or frustrated or even sometimes fearful of allowing ourselves to feel joy and love because we're so scared of being taken away or yeah so I I think the space has been there is no space left in our lives we have a spare moment so often we scroll through it or we listen to something through it I'm a big filler of silence in the car I love listening to podcasts and every now and again I think you know what actually I'll just have a quiet journey I'll just be with my thoughts because how often do we do that and when we think and when we daydream we're processing things 
we're feeling things and feeling itself is productive. I think we're so obsessed these days with making sense of something, drawing a line under it, you know, neatly kind of tucking it away where actually feeling is, is a bit messy. It's a bit confusing. It doesn't always make sense. A lot of our feelings are quite conflicting. However, there is value in feeling. There's value in just thinking, oh, I feel a bit sad or, oh, I miss that person or that really annoyed me yesterday. I, I just think we've, yeah, become a bit, we've just filling all the gaps. So we're not, we're not feeling, we're just reaching for things that kind of cover up the feelings and just, if you if you sweep something under a carpet, it doesn't go away. It just gets lumpy. Yeah. I, th- I feel like I'm very lumpy a lot of the time. I've got all these feelings that I've just kind of w- wiggled my way out of or covered up or pushed aside. And it all just builds up. Oh, I love it. It's so true. I've just started um, driving. I'll take my boys to school in the morning, drop them off. And normally I would, as you say, listen to a podcast or I'd be like planning my day going 50 to the mark like just I always have to like work so quickly and since recovering from burnout I'm like no I'm actually going to drive quietly and it's it's that it's almost like we have to teach ourselves to slow down in those moments when we can because that productivity like oh my gosh, we're kind of, you know, especially if you're self-employed, you know, why are you treating yourself like a, you know, being the tyrant boss to yourself? Mm. <laughs> you know, we yeah. have to, yeah. I think we we often, because these things feel so small and insignificant at the time, you know, oh, what's the harm in always listening to something or what's the harm in scrolling or researching or adding stuff to the shop or, you know, connecting with someone I haven't seen for 10 years on Facebook through looking at their holiday photos, you know, in those spare moments. And we think in and of themselves, that's not, it's not a bad thing. But actually, this is why often we find ourselves in burnout and we're like, how did I get here? And it's because, it's because of these little incremental avoidances of rest and space and boredom. Boredom is at risk of becoming extinct. Boredom's really important. It's brain space. You know, how often do we just sit down? How often do you shut your eyes in the day just to give yourself that bit of sensory deprivation? These little things used to be part and parcel of daily life. Yeah. You know, only a generation ago, they'd sit, you'd sit on the bus and look out the window. Yes. Lost in thought. Yeah. You know, you'd sit on a train and you might talk to someone or you might just, again, look out the window. There's, there's just so much value. Or you might read a paper and it's one thing you're looking at one thing reading one story and now we might be on our phones and we're reading something then an email comes in and then a friend messages and then there's a news flash and we're going from so we're switching between zones all the time you know I sometimes laugh and imagine like can you imagine if you had a big desktop computer and every time you check your emails you just imagine that you're turning towards this massive desktop computer wherever you are because what you're doing, it's just this little visual I sometimes do to remind myself that actually I'm putting my head in a completely different space right now. And that takes a lot. Yes. You know, I when we're constantly that. doing that. Yeah, literally imagine that you're carting around this little office and you quickly hop in it. And then you hop back out and you're talking to your mate. And then you hop back in it and you do some, you know, imagine it's a little supermarket because you just added something to your shop. And we're we're taking for granted that every time we're switching hats, every time we're diverting our focus, we're switching in and out of a different, completely different place. And that is exhausting. It doesn't feel like it, but it all adds up. 
Oh gosh, that's so powerful because you're right. So many of us do that. How many times are you just kind of quickly checking your emails? Mm. Oh my goodness. And you know what, Anna, like in the past, I'm getting better. I promise I'm getting better. (laughs) I would wake up at like two, three, four in the morning and it was automatic to reach over, look at my phone for the time and then look at the notifications. Yeah. Why am I doing that? (laughs) Because because we can, because we can. And I think that's the issue is because we can. So if we can, why not? And I don't like an unanswered question. You know, when you're talking about, what was that actor? What was that actor? Well, I can find out. There's never, is there ever a question that goes and answered these days? And, And actually... I, I think we're also getting so used to knowing everything we want to know. And actually, it's good not to know everything. Yes. It's healthy not to know everything. Our brains are processing an overwhelming, mind-blowing amount of information every single day. Yeah. And it's I too much. think it is. And I don't know about you, but <coughs> I find with the quiet, um, often comes a much kinder, more gentle voice within, as opposed to that very harsh, you're not good enough, you're not doing this, you haven't done that, you're a failure. That doesn't always come through in the very calm, quiet moments. It's Mm. those moments that you kind of go, oh, you know what, you're doing all right. Keep going, you've got this. Like, it's just that very lovely, gentle voice that can come through when you have that space. Yeah. You have more yeah. time for yourself, don't you? As in, you you have more time for the needy you and the feeling you. And it's because I just think, honestly, when we're running at a hundred miles an hour, we are almost resentful of our own feelings and our own needs because they get in the way. Yeah. They get in the way of me doing something when if I'm not feeling well, or gets in the way of me doing something if I'm feeling sad. And actually, you know, it's almost like we're seeing ourselves as an irritation. We're just wanting to be machines. We're just wanting to, you know, output, output, output. And it's a very tall order because our resources change every single day, every single hour. We have different things available to us. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Now, for those... For those listening, for yourself and for the women that you've worked with, what are the key signs of burnout that a lot of people miss Mm. because I think people kind of have those classic symptoms but Mm. I know from my experience it's there's so many other warning signs beforehand I think it's just feeling it can be just feeling low it can be again that that anxiety creeping in you maybe you're not being particularly nice to yourself it might be that your response is to do more so actually those feelings of failure creep up. So instead of thinking, oh, actually, I'll probably just need a break. It's, well, I need to try harder. I need to do more. I need to feel, you know, I need to work. It's, it's the focus is on the doing. And I think also just feeling like the, you're not laughing anymore. You're not having a nice time. You're not enjoying the things that you might normally enjoy. And perhaps it, you're not doing the things that you might normally do. And those things might simply be, I like having a bath and I haven't had one for ages or I've I've actually pulled away from my friends. I haven't really spoken to people in in depth for a while. So it's just noticing what's what's different, what 
yeah, what what have you kind of lost along the way? What's fallen by the wayside as things have gone on? And just an exhaustion, a difficulty in making decisions, a feeling overwhelmed by contact. So when I've been burnt out, I'm more than happy to talk about a real, my biggest burnout actually ever, I think, was in Easter. And I could not make decisions even down to what would you like for dinner I wanted to cry it felt too much and even a lovely message from a friend or my mum felt like a reach out for contact that I could not even be bothered to reply to it felt like an inconvenience like kind of felt angry like what do you want from me Mm. like I haven't got anything left to give and just not having fun so not having fun with the kids not really enjoying interacting with them finding it just too much noise was too much a sensory kind of everything just felt overwhelming so noise felt overwhelming just the usual drama that I would normally kind of ride through breathe through I couldn't so I think these are all different signs at different kind of the different layers of burnout the deeper you get into it yeah 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 and it's what do you say to people because I do wonder if a lot of people just don't have that self-respect and sense of self-worth to Mm. step in at those early signs and take the reins back because I just think you know when we look at people pleasing and giving to others and you know you you kind of almost needing validation from others in regards to your work so you keep working to get that Mm. it's um how does someone take those reins back and do it for themselves yeah it's a massive it's the biggest challenge of identity and and I think as someone whose worth has so firmly been in doing doing things for other people pleasing other people creating stuff it's it's a massive massive challenge of identity I often ask people you know if your work was taken away tomorrow or whatever it is that that perhaps that they've invested everything of themselves into that's leading to that burnout or it might be family it might be you know some of these things are situations completely outside of people's controls so perhaps they've got a child that needs a lot more from them perhaps they're they're looking or caring after a, a, a family member caring for a family member and you know some of these things are are not chosen circumstances the pandemic again the the amount of stress and overworking that people have had to do to cover for other people that haven't been working for whatever reason it's there has been so much kind of circumstantial burnout Mm. but I think when we have circumstantial burnout causes and then we also have our own burnout causes which may be for me in the past have been no don't worry about I don't need your help thank you it's absolutely fine and fine accepting support is failure completely incorrectly but that is what I lived by I didn't want to burden anyone or you're perfectionist and actually you're just needing to do to put everything into everything because the feedback that that gets validates who you are it's when these things create statements about how we are as a person it's a very powerful it's a huge amount of power to be giving to those things and it's never going to satisfy and 
so yes, it's a it's a challenge of identity. So we want to take the reins back a little bit. We have to really look at our where we're getting our worth from. Yeah. How yeah. we're understanding ourselves as a valid and worthy human being that deserves rest and deserves to be loved and deserves to be supported and deserves to have fun and you know, just deserves to slow down for slowing down's sake. It's it's a it's a big, yeah, it's a big thing to have to look at. And it's absolutely vital because if we don't, we're always going to be chasing after those things. Yeah. We have to start finding truth in the fact that we have value outside of our work and we have value outside of our identity as a mum or a daughter or wherever we're placing that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm really, I mean, obviously you wrote that incredible book, Know Your Worth. Um, but I, I think also the minute you start to take care of yourself, those basic human, mm. you know, needs, once you've started to do those things, it, you're kind of getting closer to, you know, having that self-worth and, and prioritizing yourself. But I also understand when you're burnt out, that can be quite a big jump, mm. Mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So taking it back really you know just starting to ask yourself what do you need yeah because I think you know it's not sustainable and it's recognizing the unsustainability of how we are living and I think it's very painful when loved ones are watching loved ones going through this kind of working and pushing and pushing and not stopping and not slowing and not and I think for my husband seeing me on this cycle is incredibly frustrating, really hard, really sad to be there, you know, kind of standing at the sidelines, just wanting to shake me and go, for goodness sake, Anna, Mm. stop it, slow down, rest. Yeah. Have you always been, Mm. have you, because you've said in your post, (laughs) I go like 10 miles an hour, like, and I know that feeling, I also completely over rest. (laughs) It's just who I am. Have you always been that way, Anna? I have. I've got an incredibly yeah. creative brain. My brain is very wired and wild and thinking of ideas and things all the time. So I think the way that my brain is wired, I have to be so much more intentional and protective and coaching myself through, right, put the put laptop down, Anna, now. But, you know, what's important to you right now? You know, having some lovely quality time with the kids or sending this email. So I'm always having to coach myself and I um I said something about this the other day of I was sitting down on the sofa and my finger was hovering over you know the next episode on Netflix and we were completely engrossed in something it was 10 o'clock which I like to think of as my bedtime and I looked at the clock and I thought in my head this little voice came in and said Anna nobody is going to make you nobody can make you go to bed yeah and I think it was that realization that we tend to just we tend to just slip into these things. And actually, sometimes we need to parent ourselves. Yeah. We need to be that loving, come on, off you go. It's time for bed, upstairs, mm. busy day tomorrow. And so often we just, uh, you know, for goodness sake, why can't you just flip and go to bed? What's wrong with you? You know you're going to be tired tomorrow. You're going to do rubbish tomorrow. You're going to be so grumpy with the kids. Why do you always do this? You know, actually, if we just start changing the way that we're talking to ourselves and even recognizing. So this is the other thing. I think so much of change is about recognition. Because when I often ask people how they're speaking to themselves in their mind, would they speak to their child like that or someone that they love? They say, oh, my goodness. 
absolutely not. I would never do that. I didn't realize how cruel I was. I didn't realize. And as soon as we start to realize these things, we then have a bit more choice as to what we do with it. But we're not even realizing what we're doing. We're not even realizing how mean that conversation is, or we're not even realizing how, how often we push through thirst and don't recognize how how much of a yeah, statement that's making to ourselves. Yeah. We're kind of doing it, aren't we? We are. And it's a very different approach um, because if you've burnt out, there's some patterns and behaviours there that have led you to that. And I discovered that actually when you're trying to recover from burnout, you can't use that same voice to put stuff on the self-care list. You can't be like, you have to do an hour on the elliptical trainer to get rid of the cortisol. You have to do... I was yeah. embracing that side. And again, I kind of had to stop and go... I really don't feel very well. I don't understand. Yeah. And it's because yeah. I was using those ingrained patterns and voices and behaviors from years, Anna, to yeah. then try and recover. And you have to kind of almost replant yourself, don't you? In different Absolutely. soil, like nutritious soil. And yeah. it's, oh, it's fascinating, isn't it? It's you a know? learning for life. And I'm so grateful to this burnout that I that happened in uh it was Easter holidays. And for me, it was a mixture of I escaped into work over the pandemic because it was, it made me feel good. It made me feel productive. It made me feel helpful. I, I love what I do. It, it enabled me to be creative. So in many ways, it, it, you know, my work actually helped me through the pandemic, yeah. helped me stay okay. But that plus just the enormity of what was going on in our household but also you know there's there are always other things going on outside of it aren't they with family and there's always you know my family has been the source of many of my uh, therapy sessions that I've had over the last however many years love them but we all have these dysfunctionalities don't we we all have these things going on in our lives that are outside of our home as well that will have been really hard in the pandemic when we've not been able to see people and have some of those conversations and the way that our minds just kind of fill in the gaps. And so those two things together were just, by April, I was on my knees. I think the kids had just gone back to school for a few weeks, hadn't they? And then we were back in half term and I was getting serious home learning vibes I, I remember thinking, I need to, I need to print out the, the worksheets, the worksheets. And I was like, no, it's half term. It's half yes. term. There are no worksheets. We're not back in lockdown. We're not home learning. And it was, I just, I I broke into so many different pieces and we were meant to be going away to Wales and staying at my husband's kind of family home where he was brought up. And it was one of the last times we were ever going to be able to do it because it's been sold now. So there was all this kind of excitement around going away. And then I had to pack for three kids and myself Oof, for yeah. a week. And Every time my husband brought it up, what time are we going to leave? What time do we think is a good time to leave? When are we, we need to start thinking about packing. I started shaking and crying because mm. I could not even comprehend making all of those little decisions that come with getting a family of five in the car for a four-hour drive. In fact, I couldn't even face the thought of the noise in the car. And I just remember sitting on the kitchen floor. All I had done considering we're meant to be leaving in an hour and a half 
was was fill up two water bottles and that was it no nothing was packed and I I was on the floor having essentially a panic attack but I think kind of that stress and panic are so intermingled aren't they and I rang my mum hyperventilating down the phone and crying and she said Anna just don't go just don't go so we didn't and I felt an I felt immensely guilty I felt as relieved as I felt guilty and then I thought to myself I need to recover that this has been and it will be for so many for so many women this has been enormous this last kind of 18 months have been utterly utterly enormous and I think I just needed to stop and and actually it was an enforced stop and this is why I now take burnout so seriously because it was terrifying everything that I always did I couldn't do anymore all I wanted to do all I could do was lie on the sofa, sob, and, and stare mm. at the wall. I couldn't even, yeah. I couldn't work. It wasn't a choice as to whether I worked or not. I could not. Yeah. I could not. I could not make decisions. I could not interact with the children. Everything that I loved about life, I could not engage in. It was terrifying. Yeah. And um, I remember saying to my husband, I feel really guilty, but I know that actually the reason I burnt out is because I've been parenting in a pandemic, working in a pandemic, and I've been doing it for the love of everyone, you know, yes. and, it, and therefore it, it has a cost. And therefore we have to, I've got a big debt to pay to myself and everybody has benefited from what I have spent of myself. So therefore this is a collective debt to repay. Oh my gosh, I've gone goosebumpy. <laughs> Anna, my yeah. arms. You're so right. It's a collective debt. It's a collective <gasps> debt because I have spent, I have been spent on keeping my kids okay for 18 months of this collective trauma in different ways for different people. And that is very expensive. Yes. Expensive on your emotional resources. And I, I said to him, it's like, say... So I had a credit card and I said, let's, let's go on a wild holiday. I'm going to max out this credit card. And we all agreed that that's what was going to happen. And then we got back and then my credit card is in 10 grand's worth of debt. Then we need to find a way to pay that, that debt back. That was a collective. We all benefited from that debt. So that's how I kind of addressed this guilt really was that I was broken but I was broken for a reason. I was in debt and we all needed to find a way to make me okay again. So I let my husband take the kids out. I let my, you know, I let him take over loads of the stuff that I would have normally done. And it took a while. And I still think when you've been through something, when you've been through kind of that burnout, burnout bottom you you start to think, man, I, I need to exercise or I need to do my thing or I need to get my space or I need to go on my walk as if my family depend on it because actually... They do. They do. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my goodness. That's so powerful. Because mm. sometimes it's very difficult to... When you've been the one who's 
always you know done certain things in the house it's that bloody mental load isn't it and and the household Mm. and I I actually said to my husband the other day like I kind of had a bit of a day where I was like oh god do it because it literally feels like you've got 50,000 tabs open on your computer Mm. in your mind doesn't it and how do you even kind of show that to someone and say here do you want to take these 20 tabs they're like what what are you on about Mm. but you're so right it's so it costs our health so much Mm -hmm. (gasps) yeah and this is when I think it's dangerous when when you start warring over who's had what time because you know who's had well you went for a walk yesterday so now I can do this or but the thing is all energy is not it's not all equal like I might need more sometimes than my husband because yeah. I'm spending more of myself and it's not all obvious. Yes. But, yeah. And you're right. We all have different resources at different times. Mm. We're faced with different obstacles, aren't we, at certain times. So maybe if you've always done this, it's okay to all of a sudden, you can't do this anymore. You need to do this. Yeah. Yes. But you know what, Anna, when you said that, what really struck me was that you were saying it with such a kind, compassionate voice, as opposed to that kind of, that critic of, you know, why am I burning out? Why have I done it? What Just, this is what's happened. It costs yeah. a lot. Now I'm going to start repaying. Come on, you lot, let's start to repay this debt. I yeah. love that. We have to see it differently, don't we? Because I just think criticizing and shaming ourselves, how many years have we been doing that and how is it working for us? Yes. You know, and, and our response is often then, right, okay, I need to criticize, I need to uh, crack the whip a little bit more than when actually it's it's the total and utter opposite. I am um, in my book I talk about two different classrooms and one classroom has a yeah, they both get exactly the same grades one has a teacher that's really strict kind of you know smacking a ruler on the desk and dishing out all kinds of different disciplines and gets good results and then the other one is so much more kind and compassionate the teacher's really warm gets you know down on the kids level and talks them and talks things through and and it congratulates them and encourages them and they get the same results. And I think often we fear that if we're kind to ourselves, we'll become this kind of passive blob, underachieving, not living to our full potential, just rolling our way through life. And I think that there can be fear as to what kindness and compassion might lead us towards when actually, wow, I just think it that's all upside down and I've learned you know I'm I've learned I'm I've learned this the hard way is that actually kindness and compassion is what we need and it might be that we have to give ourselves something that we haven't had and this is the other massive thing is so often I'm so lucky I have kind of compassionate people in my life but that's not always been the way and there have been pivotal relationships in my life that have been utterly the opposite and of course when we're young we apply so much more value to those don't we and we internalize those voices and we internalize if someone's spoken badly to us you know when we're kids we're egocentric we we think we have a direct impact on those around us so if they're cross with us then we must be wrong so then we can carry that message the rest of our lives 
without questioning it and it becomes part of our internal dialogue and I think many of us haven't even realized that there could be another way Hmm. yeah and you're so right this is where actually the burnout it's kind of brought so much to us and we were chatting before and saying like it's kind of a gift to be able mm. to look at your life and unpack what's in your backpack and be re- like, oh, this is no longer valid. Get rid of that. This, yes, this is a great mm. ba- a habit and behavior. Keep that. But this, what are you doing with this? Get rid. It makes a real, um, it's a real kind of, um, I guess it's like walking in, isn't it? Off a football match, half time. In the, you're in the changing room and I'll go for Roy Kent in my changing room. But just, <laughs> and Ted Lasso. But you just want to sit and go, this is work, this is hasn't. Okay, like, let's just carry on and yeah. see what happens now. It's yeah. that positive, kind, you know, there's a, a lovely energy to it as opposed to what was not working. Mm-hmm. And you're right, with those gosh we can all remember a teacher who put us down when we were as a kid we don't remember the teachers who said we were amazing and we we made a difference we remember the things that oh were negative yeah so start so do an experiment you know those people listening that think I just I think my critical that that disciplinarian inside of me is actually what gets me good places okay so why don't you do a little experiment and just try consciously to become aware of it and speak to yourself as with kindness and compassion like a nurturing parent or whoever you know that is really lovely imagine what they would say and just do it for a few days and see do you feel any different has everything gone to pop because you suddenly started being kind to yourself and also the other thing I think we're so much more than than the value of what we do and I think just because the world the world doesn't want us to believe that the world wants us in our economy wants us to believe that we need to be more to have more to do more to to have worth because that's how the world goes around isn't it is people just doing and giving and buying and adding and growing and when actually we get to the end of our lives and I don't want that to be all my life was about. I want to be able to, in, I don't want to wait until I'm on the floor till I have rest. Yes. Or till I'm really needing, I'm in such a state of need that that's the only thing that will finally get me to accept support. Or that my kids hug me and I'm so fixated on what I need to do next or feeling undeserving of their love that I can't actually enjoy that. Because this is it. This is literally, or this is it. The life that we're living now, this is it. And I think often we're holding out, you know, when I've done this, then it will be better. When I've done this, then I can relax. Then I, when I retire, then I can enjoy these things. But actually, tomorrow isn't certain. This is it. Yes. And I want, you know, we need to be living a little bit more for today. It doesn't mean that we don't have one eye in the future and a foot in the past. It's it's just that we just become more aware of yeah the now because it's the only thing that's real really absolutely it truly is isn't it and then you know how we kind of have those moments of compassion for ourselves sitting in the moment because you know sometimes we're programmed to go for the future which always 
you know, you can find something to worry about. And that always sparks the anxiety in me. And then Mm. I can also look back on the past. And if I focus on something negative, which, you know, we're all human, you live, you learn. But if you focus on it, I, I just, I can really tap into those feelings of depression, just kind of like, oh my gosh. Whereas you're right, if we can just strive for that middle ground that my son, he's 14 the other day, he said, you just need to strive for balance in your life, mum. Oh, and I thought, oh, my God, <laughs> he's right. What the heck? <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. But yeah. valuing valuing, and being okay with the unfinished, with the imperfect, with the, you know, the not quite where the standards were, with the good enough. I just think that's, that's, that's the reality. We live in the grey area. You know, yes. how often do we... Do we get to that point and we're like, right, I've done that. Now I fully deserve this rest. You know, that might come every now and again. And and actually, I, I did this um, post because I think often we're, you know, it's we want the black and white. We want the, we want the brilliant. We want the done. We want the wrapped up. We want the definitive. And actually, life is lived in the grey. And that sounds really dull, right, until you actually look at what grey is made of and this made me so happy because grey is made of teal cyan and then the yellow one so grey is made of colour and that made me so happy because Mm. I think often you know for me settling is about not living to my potential it's about boring it's about oh I could be doing more when actually there is so much colour and this is where this is where most of life has lived so put your focus on the grey and then when those black and white times, when those definitive moments come, then great, celebrate them for what they are. But don't just live seeking that experience all the time because the magic gets overlooked. The marvellous gets overlooked. Those moments get overlooked. The moments in front of me, I was putting my uh, shoes in a swimming locker yesterday with my daughters. And I've been practising gratitude so much. Just to bring balance into feeling. Just to bring balance into the mundane and the boring. Not to kind of shame myself for feeling anything other than wonderful but I saw these two pairs of shoes together and I just was so overwhelmed with like this gratitude I could have cried and I was like these two pairs of shoes and all that that means in this random moment in the swimming pool my daughter a privilege you know to be here at this pool a privilege to be able to tie laces a privilege to be able to buy shoes a privilege and and I just saw this utter amazingness in these two pairs of shoes and I think the more we just bring our focus in from seeking and striving the more we see the things that are in the gray that are actually just amazing yeah oh that's so lovely Anna (sighs) you're so right you're so right I mean, there's just so much joy in everyday single moments, but when we're rushing and striving for other, you, we miss them. Mm. I saw that. I saw the little picture of the of the two shoes, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh." It's but so what I loved light. about that, it just hit me. I wasn't thinking, "Oh, I need to be grateful because I'm feeling a bit grumpy." And this swimming is such a faff, and we're only going to be in there twenty minutes. Want to get out, and you know. And actually, the more we practice these things, the more we practice this more compassionate in a dialogue the more we practice just noticing the things around us the more habitual it becomes 
Yeah. It becomes a habit. I didn't even think I've got to be grateful. I just looked at the shoes and it hit me. And then it struck me that, you know, this, it works. These things, these things work just as we get on the burnout cycle and that becomes habit. You know, enjoying the good things in front of us and, and realizing that we're worthy of rest and we're worthy of good things and we're worthy of the love from those the people in our lives and we're worthy of support, that can become a, a habit as well. Yes. Now, do you do the gratitude? Did you start doing like a gratitude journal or do you journal in the morning? Or was it something you're like, I'm just going to have slower days and I'm just going to try and notice these things. It was just the note. It was actually sometimes the really intentional looking for like okay. days that I felt really low. I think, right, I'm just going to look around me in this room. You know, I'm just going to look around me. Oh, I can see some toys. How much of a privilege that is. And I remember a moment by the washing machine on a particularly frustrating, dull, sad, bored day. And I was by the washing machine and I just remember thinking, I'm going to think what's good about this situation because it's mundane and boring. And I started thinking exactly the same as with the shoes, like the electricity. What a privilege. Yeah. You know, this house that keeps us warm and dry and safe and the children that mess up these clothes that I'm washing, how much I love them, how much of a privilege it is. And starting to recognise that so much of these things are an absolute privilege I just take it for granted. And if something, you know, when these bad things happen in our lives, when the curveballs come, it's not the mountaintop moments we're looking back to wanting back, is it? It's the just being in the room with that person. It's that view. It's the music that we were listening to. It's the boring mundane of having people around us. It's those are the things that we that we want back. Those are the things that we'd give anything just to, to experience again. Yeah. So I want to try and just enjoy them more whilst I do have them because who knows what tomorrow holds. And it's easy for that then to kind of spur anxiety. But I want to become more aware of that. So it just spurs presence. So we can go either way. Yes, absolutely. And you really do <coughs> help um mums and me obviously you have the the mother mind way and this you set this incredible platform up in September was it I want to say yeah yeah it's really new yeah which is fantastic because just you. you know just your perspective and that gentle loving kind voice I just think it's incredible you've created this platform now because then I really wish I'd had this when I was a young mum Anna those some of this those is why days. I'm doing it. It's the it's it's you know it's selfishly one because I wish I'd had something like this, and two yeah. because I I need to be completely selfishly. I need to be talking about guilt. I need to be talking about burnout. I need to be talking about self care and rest and speaking to myself compassionately. I need to be doing all of these things for the rest of my life. And what better a way? to be doing that than to be doing it alongside other women and for other women and it's holding me accountable because every time I'm talking about it I'm talking to myself as well I am absolutely in no way a finished product and nor will I ever be in fact this is the most worthy journey that will never end to ever be on yeah and I think it enables you to enjoy life more along the way 
Yeah, and I think this is why you're just loved by so many, Anna, because you're just so relatable. You're so you're so honest, and I think it's hard to be really honest, isn't it? (laughs) I sometimes go, "Oh, did I just put that in the world?" Oh my goodness! But the thing is, when we're that honest, it then creates space for other people to go, "Yeah." Well, I kind of thought that, but I didn't really. Or yeah. it helps articulate something. That's and go, it. Yeah, That's it. it does. And I'm incredibly privileged again because I've been a therapist for the last I don't know how many years now, over ten years. I have been privy to the behind the scenes of thousands of people. Therefore, when I speak about intrusive thoughts or I speak about burnout, I know with utter certainty that I am not the only one. I know full well that there will be many other people that I'm speaking to that feel the same way. So I, I have a confidence. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yes. I'm not putting something out there that I'm fearing, oh my gosh, there's going to be absolute tumbleweed. So it's vulnerability, but it's confidence in that. But I can have confidence in that vulnerability. So I'm more than happy to be the first one that's like, oh, there was a time when I was I had a baby and I just wished that I had this accident enough to put me into hospital so that I could have a rest but not enough to actually break my legs and cause irreversible damage you know I know full well how many people have had thoughts like that in overwhelm and burnout and total and utter sleep deprived depletion so I can say that knowing that I'm not going to be met with silence yes oh I love those posts there's a privilege with being a therapist I think that you do really realize that you're not alone well, so I think you can this, speak yeah, out. this is your your magic. This is your gold because you have that therapeutic training, but you're also so real and authentically yourself. And you know, you have this incredible community, and we all just adore you. And I just love how the mother mind way is. I was looking last night, and you know, you can probably share some of the things, some of the topics you tackle because mm. it's a monthly membership, isn't it? Yeah, so there's the monthly membership where we have different workshops and we have professionals there and I'm there kind of each week sharing thoughts and sharing little five-minute videos and we do lives and Q&As and we also have um, a whole host of sofa sessions, so little kind of 45-minute long sessions I've done on lots of different kinds of anxiety. I've done one on overwhelm and burnout, driving anxiety, metaphobia, which is phobia of vomiting, really common, health anxiety, all things that I've both experienced personally and clinically as well yeah um so there's just a whole host of different resources there that are hopefully really accessible and helpful for people oh that's incredible I love it yeah thank you because I love your therapy edit um podcast like these (laughs) they're just incredible like they're like little 10 15 minute like just yeah I don't know it's like a little slice of hope for your day and they're actually you know they're lovely to have on in the background. You know, when you're just kind of doing some washing up or something, you can never tire listening to these. Like you can listen to them again and again and again. There are more coming soon. I'm so excited. I've pre-recorded seven already. Yeah, finally. Fantastic. We've got somewhere to host it. And I just did that as a bit of a passion project in lockdown. I actually recorded half half of those with the microphone back to front because I had no idea what I was doing. Um, So... It was just a desire to 
give people some words of encouragement through the pandemic really and I, I wasn't expecting how well they'd be received so I'm really excited to be doing more of those oh I'm glad you fantastic them. oh my gosh they're so good they're so good lovely little snippets you. whether you take them as a pet talk whether you take them as something to observe and use for your own life because this is what this is what's lovely is that you just kind of are putting out these amazing tools into the world that you know they're like stepping stones because you know when you're in kind of a moment whether you kind of hit burnout or you're in a little kind of a crisis it's it's knowing you're looking around going what do I do now and if Mm. you can have these little things just to kind of you know support you until you're ready to then look and you know seek for talk therapy or you know taking things further but they're just fabulous Anna they really I'm glad you enjoy them yes they're amazing so what kind of things do you do now to like keep you focused on self-care habits okay so what do I do walking is a massive thing for me it's one of those things from all the lockdowns that I've carried on doing and I really I really miss it when I don't so I've started trying to prioritize that even getting my toddler to get used to just being walked in a buggy for 45 minutes on a weekday which she didn't love initially but we we got into the groove now um also I like doing a little bit of kind of meditation just audio you know YouTube or Headspace or Calm app for 10 minutes and I try and shut my you know I shut my eyes and give myself a bit of sensory deprivation I've stopped going on um social media and my email between 9 p.m and 9 a.m and I'm hopefully gonna like bring that 9 p.m thing a little bit earlier it's just being more honest about what I need being more accepting of support and more asking of support and naming, naming how I'm feeling, naming what I need. Yeah. Now I'm interrupting here to share that just as I was sat listening to Anna's gold and hanging on every word. Yeah. The screen froze like every podcaster's worst nightmare my eyes went as wide as saucers and i held my breath trying to figure out if it was the internet connection if it was a video recording platform was it my computer what the heck has happened to this connection so after sending frantic panic messages to anna after restarting computers checking everything a little bit of sweating and swearing on my end I finally get back to Anna and this is why we all need a little bit of Anna in our life because after I was apologising profusely she calmly and kindly said Flick why are you apologising for something that is not your fault it's okay these things happen and literally at that moment I let go of my tense shoulders I took a breath and I thought yeah This is why we all adore her. Anna's the calm guidance we all need to listen to when we're elevated. So after a few laughs, we finish this chat with the questions that I ask all our guests. And here's how the lovely Anna answered them. 
So, Anna, I've been asking, it's been so lovely chatting to you. It really has. Thank you so much for all this incredible gold. And I will put in the show notes where everyone can find you and your books and your incredible platform and everything. But I've been asking guests at the end some quick fire, lighthearted questions if you're up for it. Oh, gosh. Oh, yes. (laughs) Okay. So, on your dodgy, tough days... (coughs) Do you yes. opt for lemon in water or lemon in gin? Um, I'm not very good at answering quickly. So normally lemon and gin, but recently I've stopped drinking in the week and it's been amazing, Ooh, but hard. Okay. Yeah, so a mixture depending on the weekday. Yes. Yeah. I'm Ideally lemon and water. Yeah, exactly. Hydration. Do you move your body or move the remote? Move my body. <laughs> I love working out. Oh, get rid of all that cortisol. Oh, yeah. Bag of almonds or bag of Maltesers? Oh, I'm, I can't eat Maltesers because I'm, I'm celiac. However, mm. it's the chocolate. I've got a bar behind, by, next to me now. And it's, Have you? Uh, yeah. I'll chop little... my way through half of that. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and do you ask for help or are you happy to hermit? I these days ask for help very oh, proudly. God. Mm-hmm. oh well done that's something I'm working towards I'm still working on it it's a battle <laughs> but I'm much more that that way inclined oh life changing for you yes now what's the one thing you're going to do today that your future self is going to thank you for I'm going to play a game tonight and just Ooh. yeah I want to play I want to play a board game or yeah play play a game oh. instead of watch more sex education which I love Oh, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. but I just okay. feel like a bit of interaction yeah. tonight, a bit of a game, a bit of yeah. fun. Oh, amazing. Anna, thank you so much for your time today. It's been incredible. I just know, gosh, everyone listening is just going to have a moment where they're like, <gasps> they're just oh, going to take it. So. It's going to really change how thank they approach you. their I day. So. Oh, it's been amazing. So thank you so much for your time. It's been incredible. Thank you for having me. It's been an honour. Thank you. Take care. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Everyday Burnout Conversations. Please check the show notes for any links to items discussed today. And the original music and sound editing is by Chris Taylor. If you've enjoyed this podcast and have a spare few minutes, then it would be absolutely amazing if you could leave me a happy starry rating and review. It really does help this podcast reach a little further. And I just love it to land in the lap of those who, like me, last year are perhaps feeling isolated and lonely in their burnout struggle. Please note this podcast is not intended as medical advice. Remember you matter so don't hesitate to reach out to your doctor or mental health professional for support if you're having a rough time. Wishing you a great week and take good care of yourself. Bye for now.